folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 257. Glad you could join us. We've got uh, some of the OG crew here today. So let's start with introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sorizel. Hi, I am Sorizel. Um, I should be back to normal now, we think. So, um, you know, last week was your last time not having to suffer my voice for a while. I'm sorry. I really am. I, I think the best part is here's the OG crew and then, then we get Zell. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Uh, no, Libby's having uh, yeah, audio issues. Okay, as long as it's her fault, not my fault, I'm good. No, no, I can, I can hear you. You're good. All right, this is, this is a grease fire already. All right, Bait, you're up. Bait's eating oh, a sandwich what? currently. Oh, no. Hey, guys, what's up? My name is Bait. I'm the podcast uh, whippersnapper. Um, college student. Um, that's really about it. Yeah, I'm eating a sandwich. I can literally hear that sandwich. What type of sandwich are you eating? So, sorry about that, by the way. It's a uh, bologna and Havarti cheese with uh, mayo and mustard, and then a couple of chips right here on the side with some sweet tea. That's actually, sounds kind of good. It is very good. Okay. Uh, all right, Libby, do you have your stuff uh, working? No, she doesn't. Introduce me. I'll okay, this is Libby. She's having comms issues because our audio is always fantastic on the show. Um, so while she sorts that out, uh, we will continue. Uh, I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show. I do some YouTube stuff. Um, and uh, I went and saw a children's movie this last week. And it was good. It was not a kid's movie. It was not a kid's movie. All it right. was rated PG, though, wasn't it? it well, well, I mean, there were some, there were some jokes in there that... Uh, yeah, I kind of like holy shit. <laughs> like I'm looking around the theater, like the five year old sitting, you know, down the down the hall from me. I'm like, holy shit, that was okay. I mean, they're not going to understand it, but it was uh, it was pretty raunchy. So uh, we're talking about Detective Pikachu, uh, which I was actually pretty psyched for. Uh, we won't go into spoilers, even though probably the plot points aren't entirely exciting. But um, I will say that uh, I've been surprised a couple times in my life, but. I was shocked that the first video game movie that I felt was actually decent ended up being a freaking Pokemon movie. Um, yeah, I, I actually really liked this film. Like, I thought it would just kind of be cute. I'm like, this is actually pretty solid. Like, I'm, I'm digging it. It's not like, you know, Avengers massive blockbuster great, but it is uh, really good. I thought, at least I thought so. What do you think, Zola? I know you went and saw it. I thought it was it was pretty good. It was a it was a fun, enjoyable movie. Um, it, it, Ryan Reynolds did. I mean, Ryan Reynolds did carry this movie. Um, his, oh yeah. His oh, yeah. His, <laughs> his performance was fantastic. Um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's all I have to say. I don't want to. As I said, I don't want to get into spoilers. Go see it. Um, I will say I was a little surprised. Um, by by uh, you know one part of this movie and. That's that's something you don't necessarily expect when you go to a you know a, a PG thirteen Pokemon movie or PG even I think. Yeah, no, I I know what you're talking about, and that was that was pretty good. I, I thought that was pretty solid. I wasn't really seeing that until about like five seconds before it happened. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty good. Um, I, I think I think what what made this movie work is that it is a Pokemon movie and it is about Pokemon, but. It's difficult to say. They, they they are the focus, but the movie would still kind of work if they weren't there. You could replace them with something else. It would still be a solid detective film. 
Um, I think that just knowing Pokemon, obviously, and growing up with this stuff, it, it certainly added to the value, though. And you could tell that they were really it, it was it, it works for young kids, but it really was it was catered towards you know, our generation, like my age, Zell's age, um, people who were, you know, young kids when a lot of this stuff really hit, you know, America. And uh, it really does a lot of good fan service in that regard. Even if you haven't been keeping up with like the 10 billion Pokemon they have now, like I stopped playing after like Pokemon Gold. So I don't know any of the hundreds that came after that. Um, and there was still a lot of, of, a lot of fun to be had in, in this film. So I think it's, if you've at all ever been a Pokemon fan, I think it, it turned out really well. Um, like I said, it was it's not like the best film ever, but it was, you know, uh, I'd say slightly above average, which was very surprising. I thought that was it would be just kind of like, OK, but it was actually pretty good. So um, I liked and it a lot in the realm of video game movies. I mean, it's probably the best you're going to get like <laughs> I mean, Which is I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought Tomb Raider was a, the new one was a solid movie, but was it like a standout good movie? This was a good movie. So, yeah, very high marks for, for the video game franchise here. Yeah. And, and you did touch on something earlier, Zell, that I, I kind of picked up on as well, is that they had a lot of kind of breakthrough actors. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of getting their, their first shot at things, but and they were okay but ryan reynolds really did a lot of heavy lifting in terms of uh, the acting i think overall and you know the, he probably helped accelerate it to that really solid point just because he's such a good actor um but yeah he, he was great the others were, were were okay um but yeah i mean that aside I, I had a good time with it you know it was a lot of fun and uh like i said it's a lot of good fan service for for my generation and, and people who, who grew up with this stuff or if you're still following it's going to be good fan service so and that's really all you watch. can ask for i mean yeah you know i mean you, you're not expect you're not going to this expecting some some deep larger message and this was a solid fun film um and uh just the way that they, they, you know, they had a, obviously a lot of Pokemon to work with and they, the ones they picked, the ways they used them, they, they got some good, good humor out of some outright comical looking things. Yeah. And, and, and the good thing I think is, is that it would have, I, I mean, I think like, you know, the movie like Shrek kind of pioneered this where it's like, it's a kid's movie, but they hide little things in there that are absolutely for adults in terms of humor, oh, but oh, the kids have that's no been idea. going on much longer than Shrek. Well, it's the first my, one my, I remember. <laughs> my uh, my favorite one to see, like if you go and take and look at old clips, is uh, Animaniacs, and you see what they they oh, snuck that, in. That is very true. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, like going even further back to like some some of the really old, um, you know, Bugs Bunny type cartoons. I'm sure there's some good stuff in there if you were to if you were to actually go back and visit it now. Um, but yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> but yeah, no, there were there was like, so there's a few quite a few jokes where I was kind of looking around the room like, holy shit, they just said that. And of course, the kids have no clue. Um, so it, it, it's it's definitely kid appropriate, but. As a parent or as a, as a young adult, you're not going to be bored. There's there's good stuff there for everyone. So that's that's always good. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a good time with it. Did you see it, Bait, yet? I have not. No, I'm probably going to go see it um, uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, next Tuesday when theater tickets are like five bucks. Nice. Day. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely worth it. 
Okay, so moving along here. Uh, some gaming news. Actually, no, no. Uh, did you guys see the John Wick trailer? The the final trailer? I did not watch the new trailer. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But I will go see the movie for sure. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know. so I, I, if you haven't seen it, it's hard to explain. But there's, there's a part where um, someone asks John, who is played by Keanu Reeves, well, what do you need? And he goes, guns. Lots of guns. And my, my like, you know, Matrix fanboy, like, curled up and, and died. Um, so that was that was a great part. I really like that, uh, that that bit of the trailer. But this this looks like a ton of fun. Um, I was initially on the John Wick bandwagon. And then I think Libby got me to watch it, like, randomly. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, we should check this out. And then I was like, holy shit, this is fantastic. And then when the second one came out, we were all over it. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for this one. Wait, which show? I got you on a John Wick. I think I think you talked me into it because we were like flipping through Amazon. I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, L- Livy makes me watch lots of movies. She got me to sit down and watch the entire like Aliens franchise, like start to finish uh, chronologically, which was a trip. I, well, I loved it until like Aliens Three, and I just kind of wanted to stop after that. Huh. Um, so yeah, no, that that looks really solid. I think it's coming out this week. Actually, let me see. It is. Yeah, okay. it should, should be out yeah. Friday or you know Thursday night at midnight or whatever. Since opening weekend is now Thursday. Thursday, like I, I what did, was Avengers like? I think some theaters were starting at like six p.m. on Thursday or something like that. It's not even a weekend anymore. It's practically the middle of the week, which makes me question. Like they have these like opening weekend statistics. I'm like. Yeah, but movies have like an extra day now to sell tickets. Like, how can you compare that to stuff that came out like five years ago? You know, it's it's well. Weird. There's, I mean, the comparison wise, there's a lot of reasons you can't just compare like solid dollar values and stuff. Right. Like, but I mean, just time uh, duration. It's gonna be way different. Like, uh, but but like, if you look at like the charts of of movie sales and stuff, and like the the traditional one is is just the like straight dollar value, where where of course Endgame is rocketing up to the top. Um. But then, like, lower on the same Wikipedia page is, like, the adjusted for inflation where Gone with the Wind is still on top. So. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I always laugh at opening weekend. I'm like, it's not even the weekend yet, guys, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go probably check that out maybe this week or, or next week, depending on when we don't have kid aggro. But we will uh, definitely go, go and see it when we can because I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. All right, so moving along, uh, just a, a few quick things that came out of actually uh, Sony's uh, State of Play presentation. And uh, I really hadn't been tracking this too closely just because I, I'm used to kind of the E3 cycle where you just wait for E3 to come and, you know, that's when you get all your news for the, for the, for the season. And uh, as you know, Sony is not uh, doing E3 this year. So they're kind of doing something kind of like Nintendo's, uh, I think it's Nintendo Connect or something like that, where it's, it's a more smaller online presentation where they come up and show what they're working on, you know, more periodically throughout the year rather than a big giant show, you know, once or twice a year. So uh, this, this most recent state of play is the one that I, I just kind of picked up on. And mostly because there's two kind of major things that caught my eyes. The first is uh, a new trailer for the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, which is pretty, pretty exciting. Um, as, as I'm sure you're all aware, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. Um, Seven was not my favorite, but I'm still really hyped for this one. Uh, they showed off a little bit more of the combat. It, it felt more like footage of the actual game rather than the last one we got, which was 
very clearly like a scripted kind of here's what we want to make rather than what we're actually making. So um, that was good to see. Uh, so that that was I think they said there's more information coming out in June. So no like solid release date or anything like that, but uh, just kind of saying like, hey, here's a teaser. Uh, you know, remain hyped, and uh, you know we'll see you next month. So that's pretty exciting. Um, the other big one, which uh, Livy might be interested in as, in as well, is uh, the Iceborne for expansion for Monster Hunter World. So Monster Hunter World was like one of my favorite games of last year, uh, and earlier they had announced that they're doing a DLC expansion, which is you know a, a fairly sizable expansion. And take it, this is from a game that had a lot of free content for pretty much a solid year after its release. Um, so I was very hyped to, you know, jump on this. Like, it was such a good value of the base game that having a new uh, paid expansion come out, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm more than willing to, to, to fork out some cash for this because I know it's going to be really good quality. Um, so that is getting a September release, and they showed off um, a bunch of stuff. I'm not a veteran of the Monster Hunter uh, franchise, so there was a lot of stuff in there that I'm sure people will recognize as, you know, returning monsters. But they are introducing some new ones as well. Um, and some new uh, combos for the weapons, which is actually kind of exciting because I, I've spoken on this before that there's, you know, 14 weapons in the game and they're, they're all fairly unique in how they play. Um, so when you switch weapons, it's kind of like playing an entirely different game because you how you approach the gameplay is drastically different. Um, and if you have kind of mastered all of those, that's when you start to kind of feel like, well, I can't really work on anything else. But what they're going to be doing with this is adding some new moves, some new combos, some new abilities to those weapons to kind of freshen them up, make them feel a little bit different. So if you've mastered what they have so far, this kind of puts an extra layer on top of it to kind of give you something else to work on as well. So that's very exciting. Um, good trailer. I'll get that in the notes. And uh, like I said, that is coming with the September release. So that's about when we expected it to be coming out um, later this year. But I am very excited for it, and it's going to be a busy uh, Q3, Q4 for me. So another topic that I kind of wanted to touch on that was kind of interesting. Uh, so as we're all aware, uh, EA has not had the best year, a year and a half, um, in terms of game releases. And their most recent debacle, of course, is BioWare's Anthem, which is still a burning pile of shit right now. So EA came out in their recent earnings call and was basically saying like, yeah, we want to change how uh, we release games. Like a lot of a lot of developers in the Eastern markets will often do like long beta periods, like a soft launch where people can get in and play the game and, you know, kind of work out the bugs. And then they have like a more hard official release. Um, and they're saying they want to push for that more because Basically, what's been happening is that EA hypes this game to all hell. They get to the hard launch day, and it turns out that the game's really not ready. I think Anthem is a very prime example of this, that it just it wasn't done. And that was much to the detriment because people had such high expectations, and it just was not ready to go. So what EA is basically saying is that, hey, we want to kind of spread that release out over a longer period of time, you want to have this longer beta period, like an actual beta, not like a, a marketing beta, um, and have the players help us develop uh, what we're doing with the game. Which is this sound, like sounds great after they pay for it, though. That that's the problem is that you know it's EA. You know, a lot of companies, it's like, hey, I, I think Final Fantasy XIV, uh, the MMO, I was involved in the beta when they did their 2.0 update. 
and it was free. Like you could just be in the beta, you signed up for it, you got selected. There was no like you had to pre-order or anything like that. Um, you just got to test it out, and you could play for I think like I don't know, it was like 15, 20 levels. You know, it was enough to, to try out the beginning of the game, and and kind of help them work out the kinks and the balance and that sort of thing. And that ran for. God, like two, three months. Like it was a pretty lengthy amount of time, but you didn't pay for it. Um, and, and their their philosophy was, hey, you're helping us QA our game. We're not going to charge you for that. You're basically providing us with free labor. And in exchange, you get to try the game early with the understanding that it's it's going to be a little, a little bumpy. But this is EA we're talking about. <laughs> Do you think for a second that EA is not going to be like, yeah, so... It's thirty bucks to get into the beta test, and then when we launch, you give us another thirty, and you get the rest of the game. Like, what are the chances well, so, that they're so going to do that? More, I think it's far more likely that they literally just require you buy the game. Probably, yeah. And then I, I think what this really is is it's like, you know, so they release the game, but they say, but this is a beta. So then, if somebody says, "Well, this game sucks," you, yep. they could just say, "But it's not done yet. This is just the beta." And then at some point down the road, when they've actually completely are done with the title in terms of they're working on the next one now, then they'll be like, oh, we released it now. And we released it, um, and that's all the content. Uh, we'll see you in the next game. Yeah, yeah. like No, that that's absolutely what's going to happen. <laughs> this, is, this is more like slapping the Steam Early Access label on oh, yeah. the game, where you buy it up front, and then they're like, but it's not done yet, so you can't, like, you can't complain because it's or, a beta. Or they'll say, hey, you can't, you know, they'll try and tell um, reviewers they're not supposed to review it yet because it's not finished. I mean, we, we live in the culture where you'll have a game that is launching in a week, in seven days, and it will be, have like an early access period, right? And it will be broken beyond reason, like like core fundamental design flaws and the, the, the players will go, oh, don't worry. It's early access. This is all going to be fixed in the next seven days. Just you wait and see. And then launch comes and absolutely nothing has changed. Like, people are so conditioned to just look at that and go, oh, it's totally fine. They'll, they'll fix that, like, in a week. Um, it, it's going to happen. with it. Even if they spread that period out, you know, it can be an absolute cluster. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah three months beta period there is still some stuff you cannot fix in three months and you are going to see that and they can drag that out as long as they want to cover their asses and just go, Hey, it's a beta. You can't, you can't judge us for it. And you will have players that defend that standpoint. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that a game should be perfect during a, a beta phase, like a, like a real beta phase, but when you abuse it to the point of like, well, we're never going to actually release the game. Like you said, so games that are like in early access for years. I mean, shit, I think, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, PlayStation home, like the, like you, and so it was for PlayStation players and you had like a little avatar and you can walk around and play like little mini games and stuff. It never actually left beta before they closed it down. Like it was in beta until the day it was shut down and never released. And it was there for like two and a half years. Um, you're going to see that happen. Like you, you bet your ass that EA will pull this shit. And I do not trust them at all for them to not abuse this to all hell. And just go, hey, it's a beta. You can't judge us yet. What do you think, Bate? Um, I, I, 
don't know, man. I, I, I would definitely be okay with going, you know, more of this this early access, you know, kind of route. And shit, I'd probably be paying, depending on the game, paying 15 bucks for it to play it for, you know, before it actually fully releases, um, depending on the developer. Um, but, you know, it, it's a weird, like, kind of place that we're in with these kinds of things and the thing that i guess kind of annoys me the most about it is ea is the only one who seems to be having this problem which i don't really get because it seems like they've they should have had time to figure out or to to figure this out you know as to why um every time it seems like they release a game the same thing keeps happening um which is unfortunate, uh, I I think, but I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Well, and to be fair, in the case of of Anthem, like they they gave Bioware like seven years to make this thing or something like that, and they finally said like, okay, you need to release this thing in the next like eighteen months, or like, come on, we've given you like millions of dollars here, and they still couldn't get the shit together in time. So I mean, like in the, in that case, it's not EA's fault, but you are right. It does seem like lately. They just cannot win with this shit. Like, it's just it's not working out for them between like the Star Wars game and and this. And it's just it's not been a good year and a half for them. No, it it hasn't. But um, because right, Bioware did Anthem, didn't they? Yes. Well, so <sighs> well, I guess remember, then, they they pulled I, off I will, of they pulled people off of Mass Effect Andromeda to go work on Anthem to try to get it done in time, and they still didn't do it. Right, and that was that was already uh, that was after we had the debacle, I guess, for lack of a better word, with uh, Andromeda. Right, that was after all that went down. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was they were pulling people off the project, and and similarly, if the reports are to be to be believed. They're already now pulling people off of Anthem's development team to put them on the next Dragon Age game, and Anthem is not getting better. So it's like the Oof. same thing happening again, and reports that Dragon Age is going to be this like gaming as a service model because you know that's how EA does it now. Um, <laughs> it's not looking good. The gaming as a service model, where the service abruptly ends when they rip all their development team off to go uh, fix the next game after they give yes. up on that one. Yeah half service followed by a no service model <laughs> cool so uh do not pre-order dragon age no um, don't. <laughs> absolutely not do not pre-order that game uh just sit and wait uh for that game to come out and then you can be like oh man i really would like this game and um and then realize that when launch day hits that you probably are smart for not buying the game or you are smart for not buying the game rather and, and can I complain about something for just a second? Because that's what I do. Yeah, of course. That's what we so, all do. So when you have a situation where it's like, okay, if you buy our collector's edition, if you give us extra money, we'll give you early access to the full game like a week early. Okay. So what you're really saying is the game's done. You get access when it's done, and everyone else who didn't give us extra money has to wait a week to play it. Like, the whole well, early access is bullshit, because the game's done. It's not early access. Well, it's already ready like, to go. But, like, here's the thing. 
we need people like that who are going to spend that kind of money, who are going to spend like 80 or 100 bucks to play the game a week early so that they can be like, oh, I played the game a week early, but uh, it's a steaming pile of shit. Um, so so True. we definitely... We, which it, is it, it does, it does save you from that. <laughs> it, it, it does, which is a shame. Um, but, you know, sometimes you, some people just got to step up and be the ultimate sacrifice. They, they have um, to pay more so they can be disappointed faster exactly which is excellent if if that's your thing man now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shame you for that um but yeah that that kind of play the game a week early for more money is that's kind of bullshit i think because you're not you're not playing it early the game's done you got Mm -hmm. the full game on your on your hard drive it's it's done it's everyone else who didn't pay has to wait it's like a way for them to go Listen, we're really raising the price of the game above sixty bucks, but we'll discount it in a week down to sixty for those of you who, you know, are willing to wait the extra week mm-hmm. is what's really going on. And it's kind of horseshit. Like like, hey, like get early access to like the beta. Like like a real beta, not a marketing beta, but like a real beta. Like, um <clears throat> I mean, this I'm setting myself up for a joke here, but like Dust Five One Four had like their mercenary pack that you could pay twenty bucks and you got early access to the beta. It was like actually like not like a quote unquote release game, like that's one thing. But when it's like we're done with the game, you buy the full products and you get it quote unquote early. It's bullshit. Sorry, I'm tired of that crap. Like they need to stop that altogether. Which I mean might be part of what this whole thing is about. Is we're trying not to do that. But come on, like <laughs> we'll see how it goes, right? Well, what was that? What was that little uh, indie submarine game that was in beta for like five and a half years or whatever? Uh, they just Subnautica. Did, yeah, and they just had their um, quote unquote official release not too terribly long ago. I think maybe within the last uh, six yeah. months. Um, and I mean that seemed to go over, you know, relatively well for them. The game's not a you know a buggy piece of crap uh, by any means, as, as far as I'm aware. I mean, it's it's an indie game which comes with its own its own you know unique flair, and, and it's usually not as polished as you know what you might see from a big developer. But no, you're right. I I have that game. It was pretty solid. Um, I haven't played it recently, but I did play it during the early access period, and it was good. You know, mm-hmm. it, it did what it was trying to do. Yep, it's it's definitely not a bad game. Um, but I I, I quite like that uh, that release model that 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 those guys did for that. Well, and the thing is that they they were constantly adding stuff to it. Like it really felt like the game was in development. Like I've been playing um, Satisfactory with my brother, and you know they have fairly regular updates where they actually add usually pretty big chunks of content. It's not like we're adding DLC. It's like okay, you know, hey, we added the vertical elevator for your assembly line. There's a placeholder asset that looks like shit, but it should work right probably. Um, <laughs> Like like that that's kind of fun. Like you actually get to see it in development, but it's uh, it, you know it, it's got a nice cadence to it, and you can see that they're actually working towards a better product, not just you know here's a polished game that's buggy as shit, and we'll try to fix it. You know, so it's it's a lot different when you're looking at an early access for like an indie game versus you know what the marketing version of early access looks like. So yeah, that's that's EA's recent uh, shenanigans, and, and we will see how it goes. I mean, keep in mind this was at a um, earnings call, so you're giving a lot of lip service to your investors at that point. And considering how catastrophic the launch of their last you know set of games is, 
uh, EA probably was trying to explain what they were going to be doing about making that set of launches better in the future. So who knows if they'll actually go with this model or what it will finally look like, but it certainly is interesting to kind of keep an eye on. And yeah, don't don't buy the EA's crap. Like you have you, you even if you haven't bought in recent games, you should at least know from what's going on that you can't trust that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of EA, one last thing, and we can sure. finally quit talking about them. <laughs> Um, has, has anybody heard any new peeps about uh, this year's Battlefield, per chance? Um, I heard that no one likes the new uh, Battle Royale mode. No, it's not good. Oh. I played it last <laughs> night. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't realized that they had added that to, to Battlefield 5, but I was over at, I was a couple of us over at the buddy's house, um, and they, they busted out the, the Battlefield. Yeah, that Battle Royale absolutely not fun at all um but i while we were you know talking about ea i didn't know if anybody had heard anything about that because that'll be interesting to see as well how ea is going to juggle multiple things between dragon age and battlefield and whatever other shit they have that they're gonna fuck up yeah no i I heard that was kind of a cluster and that they had some like um duos game mode for the battle royale and like mm-hmm. no one played it so they just had to take the mode out because you couldn't actually get a match in it because you couldn't get enough people at the same time who wanted to play it and they're mm-hmm. like oh well we'll just make it a timed event and it just won't be available all the time i'm like yeah that's what you do when no one wants to play it you have to like make it a short period to get everyone to actually jump on at once um yeah i heard that it was just like um it was just kind of there's nothing special about it like it was just like hey it's battlefield with you know, a hundred dudes on a field and, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing unique or innovative about it. No, I mean, it, it didn't really seem much different than Conquest um, at that point. I mean, I think Conquest is up to 64 people total on a, uh, uh, in a match. So you add, I can't do math, but what, like 38 other people or something or something. And it, it, it all feels the same, but yeah. That's a shame. I'm I'm just kind of burnt out on Battle Royale. Period. I think the market's getting there as well because I think Apex kind of surged and it's it's kind of petering out again. I think that Fortnite will survive on the kids alone, but I yep. think the the older market is just kind of yeah. I mean, they're like yeah, I'll play it, but it's, it just doesn't have the the crazy excitement like it did before. Mm-hmm. No, which is a shame because I actually, as far as Battle Royales go, I actually quite like Apex a lot. Um, so it, it is kind of kind of sad to see that that game, you know, was cool for like it seemed like two weeks or a month or whatever, and then after that you couldn't really find, or at least in the regular crowd of, of people I played with, you really couldn't find uh, too many uh, people to squat up with or too many matches. Yeah, I mean they are. Let me see. I'm trying to look on who's on Twitch right now. <laughs> are you looking to see how many people are playing it? Yeah, so they're like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They're like 12th on the list, um, which isn't terrible. What's but I a, mean, it's like, what's above it, though, out of curiosity? So, uh, Fortnite, GTA 5, League of Legends, uh, Rage 2, but that just came out. Counter Strike. Oh, um, Rage is out. Yeah, it oh. kind of came out quietly. Like, I kind of forgot about it, and it, it just popped up recently. Uh, Hearthstone, World of Warcraft, uh, PUBG, Overwatch, FIFA 19. Okay. G- kind of what I would expect yeah. to be above it. Like, it, it's still doing doing really well. Um, it's it's certainly doing better than Anthem. Like, I think they were, like, 
700 people watching at one point last week, which is just dismal for a game that just came out. So mm-hmm. that's fun. But yeah, so uh, yeah, Battle Royale, just eh, whatever. Like Apex was the, the most palatable, palatable one that I played. Like it was okay, um, but still just not my thing. Okay, so the other topic I had, uh, and, and we won't get too crazy with it, but just kind of an interesting thing that popped up, and I don't normally do politics on the show, but it is relevant to kind of what we often talk about, is that there is currently a bill going through the U.S. Senate to basically, um, in short terms, ban loot boxes from video games, it's specifically for games that are played by minors or games that the developer actively knows are played by minors. And this is this is loot boxes, this is pay-to-win mechanics, um, stuff like that. It's, it's being piloted kind of under the mantra of, like, we don't want children being involved in things that are, you know, designed to be addictive in nature. Um, and it, it is kind of an interesting discussion. Libby actually brought up some really good points uh, when we were talking about it before, that um, while... I think there's a lot of scummy business practices that happen in the gaming market right now, and those could very well just die in a fire if I if I had my way. Um, this is kind of an uncomfortable position because it could go south really quick if you know things get a little too feisty. Um, because you've got an argument that yes, this is gambling, this is terrible. Um, we don't want to have kids addicted to behaviors that are going to be potentially damaging to them as they get older. Uh, but I think there's also a valid concern, and, and I'll let Libby speak on this as well if she wants, is that you can also make an argument that um, video games by their very nature can be addictive, and that they implement mechanics and a rewards loop and, and stuff like that to make them you know, you, you they want you to keep playing. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the core point of the game design is they want you to keep playing. And games that are very fun, like, I mean, hell, like Fortnite, for example. Um, I don't play the Battle Royale, obviously, but, like, kids absolutely love Fortnite. And, you know, you've seen the videos where the kid gets grounded and his mom takes his Fortnite account away and he loses his shit, like, going through withdrawal. Um, it, it is concerning that that could turn into a, well, you can't have things that make kids addicted to games in your games anymore. Um, and it's, it's, it could be concerning, but like, like, what do you, what do you guys think? Well, and to, to go off of what my thought was coming from a job that deals with regulation, I feel like if you aren't clear on the parameters of what you're regulating, you leave the door open for further regulation to be put on things you didn't intend to in the first place. Exactly. And the, the, the last thing at this point that I want is big fucking government coming in and reg- and regulating my video games. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, 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 I get it. Um, you know, addictions, you know, whether it's, it, it's gambling or it's anything else is, is not good and, you know, has its benefit or it's not, wow, not its benefits. Uh, it's detriments. <laughs> um, it's financial benefits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially since they're trying to get, you know, the whole video game addiction being an actual addiction, then that opens up another door of, well, then video games altogether should be regulated. Well, yeah, but then, then I mean, even further, I mean, shit, man, if you're benching 30 hours a, a week or whatever of Netflix, is that an addiction? Is that going to get in the, the DSM, whatever number we're up to now, of, of mental health issues? But at some point, it, it just gets a little too insane, 
I think. Um, but I don't know. Again, man, I mean, I get it. I think uh, there's a couple things here that that hit me, and uh, one is that video gaming as a as an industry, as a as a art, as a profession, has gotten to the point now that it's not just this you know niche thing that people do on the side. People make multi you know multi million dollar setups you know streaming games and playing games for professional you know organizations i i don't think regulation is unwarranted and i think the the biggest thing to me is that the way loot boxes are sold the way they've been monetized the way that they have chosen to use strategies that are that in other industries have been long considered illegal, such as not publishing the true odds or manipulating the odds based on the user. I mean, that's stuff that the, this is, this is straight up tactics that the gambling industry did use when it was legal to do so. And I don't think there's any reason that anyone could reasonably believe that what they have done in gaming monetization is should be legal by the definition that we've established in in you know our our laws on controlling gambling i feel like if anything we've let the the gravy train on this behavior go way too far and to be honest i sometimes i think that if something has been let go so badly for so long even a little bit of an overcorrection is warranted Get me back to where I buy a dang game for a flat fee and have it. And, and the unfortunate part about this is that there was a conversation, I know we talked about it, um, God, maybe six months ago, where they basically said, like, hey, gaming industry, get your shit together and come up with a solution for this or we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pursue legislation. And the ESRB, which is unfortunately, you know, the, the governing body within the industry and also bought and paid for by the industry, and you know, you know who's uh, who's who's writing those checks is they basically said okay well we'll add a label to games that says in app per in game purchases are in this game which is not at all what the problem was because there's lots of games that have in app per- or in game purchases there's help almost all online games have some form in game per- purchase now and a lot of them are totally fine you know they're they're like little mini like true microtransactions like hey buy a you know, fucking hat for your character, whatever. Like that's that's fine. Um, it doesn't address the issue, which is you know kind of some of the stuff that Zelos was talking about. And so they they didn't really do anything. It was a meaningless gesture trying to kind of hand wave the government away. And then the government comes back and goes, "Okay, you guys didn't do anything, so we're going to do something now." So you know, I don't have much sympathy for for the industry when they they had the opportunity to do something about it and did nothing. Um, and, you know, as, as you know, I'm, I'm a raving communist, as, as Jay will tell you. Um, Libby's just a socialist. And, you know, so so I'm, I'm not, like, afraid of government regulation. But like Libby said, it, it is very important that when you are regulating something that you, one, have a damn clue what you're talking about, which can be, can be a challenge sometimes. And, two, you need to know before you start pulling the trigger where you're going to draw that line in the sand and go, hey, we're just doing this one little part because this is the core problem and not just leaving it as this big open-ended like, well, we want to protect the kids so we can, you know, and, and I worry that this is going to turn into 
the means to demonize games as a whole and because you know we, we can't actually prove that they cause you know violence right so we got to find some other way to shut them down um so we're, we're gonna we're gonna kind of open the can of worms with this and, and we'll hide it under the guise of hey we want to get rid of loot boxes and you all hate those and people are like yeah we support this and so they get that ball rolling and then pretty soon the ball's still rolling and people are like hold on stop and it just keeps rolling so i mean there, there is a definitely a valid concern there um it's just unfortunate that the industry didn't take the chance it had to actually crack down some of the stuff because the industry knows best when it comes to their own industry. That goes without saying. Um, and as soon as you've got you, as soon as it, it gets to a point where you have to have government oversight coming in to tell them you're fucking this up too bad. You've got to, we're going to fix it for you. You're going to end up with a less than ideal solution. And that's unfortunate. Um, now, will this actually go anywhere? Who knows? You know, like I said, this is just this isn't like a thing that passed. It is a bill that has been submitted by um, representative. I, f- I forget his name off the top of my head, but it is something that is making the rounds within Congress right now, and there they are looking at it. So, who knows where it'll go? But you know, I I sure as hell hope that they can at least refine this a little bit more and actually figure out exactly what they want to do with it before they just pull the trigger and potentially open this up for stuff that we don't want, you know, later than later than the line. And I want this to turn into a, you know, be careful what you wish for because you might get it, you know, because that 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 would be even worse, you know. So we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm just a little concerned that it won't go as smoothly as we might all hope it will. All right. Well that's all I had guys. Did you have anything else you want to talk about this week? I'll take that as a no. All right. Uh you guys good for shout outs then? Yeah. Zell. Yeah, um, I uh, I did see a couple of other movies recently um, that are not in genre for us, but I'm like, yeah, they were good. Um, I saw The Intruder, uh, which is good, and now uh, Dennis Quaid smiling is creepy. It just is. Um, and then um, I also saw The Hustle, and that was pretty good, too. All right, good stuff. Bait, you're up. Um, let's see. Uh, shout out to Battlefield Five. Uh, I was I was entertained for about uh, an hour and a half last night, as I said earlier, playing that with friends. Um, so yeah, that game that game is actually fun now. Um, it's a shame that they haven't put out DLC for it. Um, like not a one DLC map pack for that game, despite it uh, having been out since I think like November. Um, but again, fun game. Good stuff, Livy. You're up. Uh, Pokey's going to get a a cake out of this one. My shout out actually goes to an entire group of people that were in the theater when we were watching the Pikachu movie. Oh, Jesus. Stuff of nightmares. Hearing about a hundred people all eating popcorn simultaneously is out of a horror movie. (laughs) It's like like pop rocks going off everywhere in the theater. It it honestly sounded like you had about a hundred people that were like chewing popcorn, but making sure they opened their mouth as far (laughs) as it could go before slamming it shut and just repeating over and over again. The whole room sounded like chewing and she didn't even notice at first. And I'm like, the room sounds like chewing. And then she's like, oh my God, why'd you tell me? (laughs) It was was horrifying. So instead of regulating uh, loot boxes in video games, we should be regulating movie theater snacks is what you're telling me. Yeah, soft snacks only. Honestly, oh, All I'm saying is that close your damn mouth when you chew. Like, 
if I got to list my top five pet peeves, that is like definitely on the list is people who chew with their mouth open. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting and you need to stop. Well, I mean, I think what you heard was just the sliding of the popcorn, popcorn initially going in. Yeah. I don't want to think of it in those terms. Yeah. Context is important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, hmm. God, shout out. Uh, I will give a shout out to uh, a couple of people I work with, actually. So um, I don't think I've mentioned on the show, but as, as you might know, I work in the solar industry. We do um, installations of solar systems, and I'm, I'm getting a, a solar system for our house. So they came out today. They kind of had an opening in the schedules. So they came out and put the uh, the mounts in the roof and the racking on our, on our roof. So we'll be getting panels, and I'm going to be getting a Tesla battery soon. So that's all very exciting, but... They did a good job. It looks really good up there. So I'm excited to, to finish this uh, up. And uh, shout out to those guys for doing a good job. All right. And that is our show, guys. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Uh, as always, if you want to be on the show or you want us to talk about anything in particular or play any particular games, head over to biomass.com. Give us a ring. But that being said, we hope you have a great week. And we will see you next time. Bye.